whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Happy Wednesday, everybody. This is the Women in Gridiron show. Tonight, as always, I am joined by the best panel in the business. I've got Christy and Beck. And with me, I've got special guests, Mara and Sally from the Curtain Saints. Mara was named as captain of the WA Raiders state team back in 2018. She plays halfback, slot receiver, and dabbles in the outside linebacker position. Um, And funnily enough, she also runs her own podcast, Women in Sport WA. Um, We'll talk about that a little bit later. And Sally is the quarterback for the Saints. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, you guys. Thanks. Thanks. Love to be here. Tonight we've got a we've got a question that was sent in from one of our listeners, and uh, it's pretty relevant given the exciting news that the international football stage is back, uh, and Gridiron Australia has committed to sending a team to the World Cup in Finland next year. Uh, at Geordie sixteen has asked, "I want to try and make the outback team. How should I train or prepare for trials, and uh, what do I do if I play two positions?" That's really interesting. Christy, as an Outback rep yourself, I know that you run with the stay ready so you don't have to get ready approach, but leading up into the combines and trials, what's the best way to make sure that you can perform on the day? So I think it's interesting if that you do have more than one position, um, shows good you, um, utility you're a bit of a utility you can be used to different things to show that you have variety there um but don't go for everything so um i would say uh laser your focus to a few roles or um positions that you want to play um and rep the little things uh uh, just for an insight the australian squad um outback squad last time um if you were a wide receiver or uh, caught the ball at all you actually had to catch the ball i think something like a hundred times a day film yourself and send it in just whether you're throwing to yourself or getting a partner to throw um just those little things and the other the third advice i would give is us if you're not doing strength and conditioning training already start particularly women tend to not do the strength component it's really important um, for longevity in the game um, and injury prevention so start your strength training and nutrition now and get laser focused and if you get any whiff of a playbook get in there and study it that's my advice 100 percent, definitely and there's a couple of positions on the field that uh you know they're pretty coveted and and one of those positions is the long snapper like i i i you know, that, that long slapping position is so important. And I feel like if anyone were to pick up, like pick that up and really train that hard, like, and, and go for that as their number one position, like they'd get it for sure. So that's, that's some helpful advice right there. And Beck, you're going to be trialing um, as I will from, and from my experience, it's as much physical as it is mental. And I guess playing two positions is hard to give that much mental energy, especially because Outback is that 11 aside. From the defensive side of the ball, what should players be focusing on to ensure that they have confidence regardless of their experience when they go to trial? Yeah, I mean, Christy kind of summed it all up, I feel like, but definitely the strength and conditioning stuff. Like if you don't realise how much 
strength impacts you in the game because you feel like it's such a fast-paced game. You need to be fast. You need to get to the ball quick, but you also need to be strong and you need to be agile. You need to be able to move quickly, but also make those tackles in those key positions against those bigger players. So definitely, and also it helps as an injury prevention as well. Like for me, and you all know my history, I've had four ACL surgery. So like injury prone is my name. So when I started strength training and getting into building the muscles around those injuries, it definitely helped prevent those injuries and make me a better player in that sense. But also I think um, fitness, definitely fitness, because fitness is one of the things that I don't train and I don't keep up because it's not something I think about because I am constantly working on my strength. If you don't train for fitness, if you aren't doing, you know, repetitive drills, doing some sprint training, things like that, definitely get onto that. Yeah. Definitely. And I guess, uh, you know, last World Cup, I trialed at quarterback and I swear to God, it was one of the hardest things that I'd ever done. Uh, I guess coming from like a seven aside into an 11 aside system was so much. Um, So I guess my advice is understanding formations, making sure that you understand the language, uh, just because we all know that coaches teach different techniques or different leverages or, or the way that they explain drills is a little bit different. So when they call things and you don't know what they're talking about, ask questions, even the most basic of questions. Um, and you have to be really mentally tough to compete at this elite level. So I guess be ready to put yourself in tough situations and learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And you know, to top that off, just watch watch some 11 aside games. That, that, that's the best way that you can prepare for that sort of thing. All right, guys, let's jump straight into the huddle with Mara and Sally from the Curtain Saints. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. We hit. Is that all you got? If you think it's only a man's game, well, you're sadly mistaken. <laughs> Football is the exact opposite. Women can be aggressive. They can be physical. All right, guys, let's do this. Mara, you've been with the team since the beginning. How, how have you guys progressed over the last couple of years? Um, look, we've perpetually finished fourth. <laughs> and we always get knocked out in the semi. So... We're consistent in that regard. Um, I think the closest we got was probably a couple of years ago. We almost won our semi. It was really close to the end. And then I think we just ran out of legs. Um, that was against the first blitz. So they went on to be the champions. So I guess it wasn't that bad, but yeah. I mean, I just have an interesting question around this because you have been around from the beginning and seen players come and go. Do you find that you're having a lot of player turnover? Are you guys able to retain the same players and keep building each year? Or do you think that's something that you struggle with, which is why you're kind of like plateauing in that fourth position? Yeah, I think this year in particular, we probably have about 50-50 rookies to to veteran players. Um, There's been a core group of girls who have stuck around the whole way through. Um, but we do get quite high player turnover. But I think that's just women's sports, really. Like I had a baby last year, so I was out for most of the season. Um, we've got a few pregnant girls this year. It's just, yeah, women's sports, I feel like we just get a high turnover, unfortunately. Yeah, Christy. Well, funnily enough, um, one of our episodes, we do talk uh, to a couple of mums um, on our episode and how and the challenges of that. So absolutely hear you there. 
Um, so I, I think it needs to be said um, that the impact that that has when you do have some turnover, um, it's quite difficult to manage from a coaching point of view. And I think it needs to be acknowledged. There is a lot to learn in the game of gridiron. Um, just from uh, knowing the technique, understanding your role and the nuances of the game. I think it's, it's, it's a huge um it's a huge job for coaches, really. Um, so how are you guys going about bringing those rookies up to speed? How do you ex- accelerate that or, or get them game ready? Yeah, so I think it used to be really hard. I think our first three years were probably all fundamentals through preseason and we would always relearn the same thing over and over again. Um, but I noticed, especially really this year, a lot of the veteran girls are stepping up and taking on that sort of mentor role. They usually take on, you know, like a, a, our star receiver will take another receiver under a wing and it just makes it easier on the coaches. So hopefully we're heading in that direction where we'll keep those girls and be able to keep doing that. Um, and Sally's been around since the start as well, so I'm sure that she um, has some ideas. <laughs> Sally, uh Obviously, this year you guys are sitting in that in that playoff picture still uh, with four wins and four losses. Um, currently to the Broncos, you've had a loss and a couple of losses to the Vipers. What's the vibe heading into the back of the back end of the season? So the back end of the season, I'm, I'm a positive person, so I like to stay positive in terms of how we're going to track. But I think, especially as Mara was saying, 50-50 with veterans versus rookies, those rookies are becoming more and more confident on the field, more and more experienced with each game and with each training. So my outlook for the rest of the season is it's only going to get better. I honestly think we the last, one of the last games that we have before um, semifinals is against the Broncos. They beat us the first time, but I'm, I really think we can do it. I think the girls are coming, becoming more confident on the field. There's, and they're coming down to training. They want to learn. They're bringing friends. We still have new girls coming on. Hopefully they'll be able to play, but we'll see. But I would like to think that we can get a step up and go past the mark of fourth place this year. I really want to, personally, but that's just me. It's a different, it's a different feeling, isn't it? You know, I, I, oh, yeah. you know losing, losing, and we've, all, we've spoken about it because it's happened to all of us at one point or another. You lose that critical game and it's just, you play that game over and over and over oh. your head for years to come yeah. um, and sometimes oh, you know those that, wins, it's, that. It's, it's that next Absolutely. it's that next thing you know and, and playoff pitcher playoff games are completely different and Mara I wanted to talk about your coach Gareth um, coach Gareth he was appointed as the inaugural coach for the women's program when you guys started in 2016 he's coached the team all this time um, and obviously he's led you to the semi-final for the last five seasons Tell me about uh, his progression as a coach. Like, how have you found that he's changed a little bit of the way that he thinks, the way things work over there? Um, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting how he's changed because he also started the Saints junior team and I think he went from coaching juniors to coaching women and it's a very different environment. So there were a few, you know, early, in, early on, I don't think he quite knew how to deal with a girl suddenly bursting out in tears and in the middle of a game <laughs> um but he's he's learned so much when it comes to that um he he used to actually run the offense primarily but now he runs our defense primarily and then we've got um yeah a offensive coach as well um but yeah I'm obviously a bit biased I think he's a great coach but he's also my husband so <laughs> um yeah <laughs> 
Well, again, I think that, you know, we, we, our last episode, we actually spoke about having partners on the field. And, you know, that's one of the great things about our game uh, where you can have that family involvement. I did find it pretty hard to get negative feedback though. And I still do like, you're not supposed to see the bad sides of me. You only see me as this perfect person. Thank you. (laughs) One of the benefits I think of it though, is that you can come home and continue to be coached, but also having the same coach from your beginning season to now, I think is so beneficial for you guys as a team as well. Like you're pretty lucky that you've had the same coaches stick around and help you guys build on top of what you've started with. Cause sometimes new, new coaches come in, they have new playbooks, they have new themes, like Stacey said at the beginning, you know, coaches coach differently. So to be able to have that consistency in a coach, I think it's really beneficial for you guys. And uh, Stacey knows my whole, uh, not rant, but um, diatribe on um, this, but um, I honestly believe coaching women is very different. Um, So to have a coach that has, you know, maybe gone through the trials and errors of that as well. um, And personally, I find um, that uh, you can get female players to do drills and do them. You you look at them and they'll they'll be doing their drills and it it looks beautiful. But where a lot of uh, female players struggle is transitioning that to on-field execution and um, things like that. And I think um, that requires coaches to be a bit creative about it's not just um, coaching the drilling, it's coaching the mentality, you know, and um, getting them to do those drills while envisioning what they're doing on the field and what they're going to see on the field. And I think that is why coaching women is so exciting because it has that extra element, that extra challenge. And I just love it when people um, go for it and get in amongst it and then learn and start to become really, really good coaches. So that's pretty cool. And they say too, like, you know, you talk to any uh, any male coach in our game who also coaches women and it's like, the one thing that I understand is one, you girls can pick up on bullshit from a mile away. So if a coach doesn't know what he's talking about, we are gonna know. And it's more of a coaches struggle with the do this because I tell you to because women ask why so I guess the key to coaching women is to is to explain the why give the context and and that's how you get a lot more production out of your out of your girls teams Sally I wanted to jump a little bit into the roster here um I wanted to talk about your offense because you actually got a really great chemistry and connection with your halfback wide receiver number 46 Casey Byrne I think and I, I tell you, this yeah. this pass that I saw from you in traffic uh, that was right on the money and resulted in you guys putting the only points on the Broncos this season so far. This is round five. Um, you know, yeah. how much how much work do you guys put in together, or has it been one of those uh, instant chemistry type things, uh, which I think is one of the most magical feelings as a quarterback to just all of a sudden be able to throw to this girl that you've never really spent too much time with before. And you just know that she's going to be there. Um, but yeah, how much, how much time do you guys spend together? Um, like at training and during the games, we're just hanging out. But to be honest, I think Casey's probably up, probably the best hands, I would say for a second advice, best hands in the entire league for the women's team. She can catch the ball anywhere I throw it. So she's probably just making me look really good, to be honest. But um, in terms of chemistry and being able to, to play and pass the ball to her, if I throw it in her direction, I can trust her that she's going to get to the ball. She's going to be able to adjust if I'm under-thrown. 
but more often than not, if I miss a ball, like this, this literally happened last season against the Broncos, I overthrew it. And she came back to the huddle. She said, let's do it again. But you were this much off, just a little less, a little less. I was like, all right, did the same thing again, a little less, caught it and went for a touchdown. So I think absolutely there is a chemistry and that is a dog, apologies. Um, there definitely is a chemistry and it's just, it's very exciting to play the game when you have receivers like those, because it's just, it's a sensational game. It just makes it that much more fun for me to throw the ball. hundred percent. So and yes. It's just uh, it's it, like what, what I wanted to focus on too is, is like she, like she's such a special player and you know, from what, from what I saw out of her, she runs, she's such a, a great downhill runner. Um, what, what's been her background? Like what other sport has she come from? Cause I feel like she must have like some rugby league or some rugby union or, or something like that. Just by the way that she runs. Oh, predominantly footy. So she's predominantly a footy player in the off seasons. And I know right now she's kind of juggling both footy training and American football training. So she's a nonstop athlete. It's it's very fun to watch. Absolutely. But I don't think she rugby, Mara? I don't think rugby. No. Just, it's just funny. But no, she is the acceleration is fantastic. And she just she seems to see her blockers really easily as well. And uh hey Mara, you guys seem to be pretty versatile, I guess, on your O line. Like I, I've noticed that girls have been able to step in where needed. Um, is that the kind of mentality that you guys have at the Saints? It's like that next woman up kind of mentality? Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of the girls that currently play O-line maybe don't love it as a main position, um, but they can obviously see the benefit to the team. I mean, we can't play with two O-linemen. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of the girls will just do what needs to be done for the team. Um, and we try and make sure that everyone's always aware that they could be called to do something that maybe isn't in their comfort zone. And unfortunately this year with dropping numbers and injuries, it, yeah, a lot of the girls have had to play and step into different positions. Yeah. And Sally, uh, again, I wanted to touch back on you because you really have some special talent as a quarterback. Like I I really like how you stay in the pocket and you really commit to getting off to pass. Your field of vision is pretty good, but I really wanted to talk about your mechanics. You've got like this Pat Mahomes, like sidearm throw, which, you know, actually has a little bit of a fair amount of power to it. And and so it, you know, it can be really accurate and it's unlike a lot of quarterbacks that we see, I guess, how did you kind of fall into this position or did you come from like another throwing sport or were you completely new and coached up to be able to play? Oh, that's a great question. Now, um, so before I came into the football sphere, I've, I've pretty much played uh, softball or baseball my entire athletic career before then. I started playing when I was like seven or six and continued on until high school. And when I was in high school, I actually lived in Egypt and I was in part of the competitions where we travel internationally. So I'd be playing third base and just whipping in across the um, across the field to get that out at first. But that's that's where the mechanics is just totally different from football, where you keep the ball up here and you just jet from there. I had to bring it all the way back and then all the way forward, and I just can't get rid of that. I think our our um, the QB coach that we have has been trying for a while, and I just can't do it. I'm just like, it works for me, so it's fine. But yeah, no, you see photos of what quarterbacks are supposed to do and then you see a photo of me and I just look like a giraffe or something it's just not supposed to happen but no it works so why not I mean you're that's exactly right and and I you know like I said that pass that I saw you throw to Casey uh 
it, it was textbook and I was just so fascinated by these mechanics <laughs> and now that you've said that you've played baseball and softball it makes total sense I can see where you're coming from yeah um, Sally's far too cool yeah, <laughs> yeah way too cool way too cool um <laughs> Guys, a player that stands out for me too is uh, your number nine, Adrian Coombs. Um, you know, she seems to be one of the most versatile on the team playing DB. She plays some tight end. And I think I saw her jump in at, at O-line maybe once or twice. Um, and she's also like quite the personality on the field. You know, in the game that I was watching, she got in a pick and she does this little dance. Um, that's what we love to see, you know, especially on live streams because we have the benefit of being able to watch you guys um, when you're playing against the Broncos or whoever you get live streamed against. But tell me about Adrian. She, uh, she, she seems quite fun. Um, yeah, she's the best. <laughs> um, once again, I'm going to be biased because like bestie, but anyway, um, yeah, Addie's been around since our first season as well. She got injured, um, I think season two or three. Um, and you know, she's been dealing with trying to come back from injury, and, and all the setbacks and she just always has a positive attitude and she's just so much fun to play around. Um, and yeah, she, she's kind of taken on the defensive captain role as well this year. Um, she calls our plays in and she keeps the girls, you know, focused and, and paying attention. So yeah, she's, um, she's really fun to play with and I hope she never leaves. <laughs> and she's got, I mean, she's, she's quite like large, but in a, not in a bad way, like just, Bigs in stature. So, like, having her as a DB, for me, I was just like, oh, I, I don't want to throw near her because she's, like, she's got a great arm reach. Uh, so she's definitely someone to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, so she played um, she played corner for our team for the Raiders as well, and she did some pretty great plays for that. So um, I think it's definitely her spot. Yeah. Okay, okay. I've finally cottoned on to who she is. All right, wonderful. Excellent. Um. I wanted to touch to just on your game against the Broncos um, in round five, they put like on a dominant show, you know, scoring on the first play of pretty much every drive. Um, it wasn't, I mean, it, not so great for you guys, but what I loved was that you guys started to click. Um, and when you did, you could really see your team's potential. The problem was that it wasn't until the fourth quarter did that happen. And, and I don't think it's uncommon for teams to have that, have that get into the gear later in the game mentality but was this game just was it overwhelming for you guys to start to come up against the Broncos or or was it a lack of players or have you noticed that you seem to get that late push of you know a good surge towards the end of the game during the season um I think a lot of it sort of came from our defense being so used to a passing game because we can't not throw the ball when we have Sally on the offense um, so I think coming up against such a dominant running team got us a bit, yeah, we were a bit on the back foot, but I don't know what real, I think it's sort of what was mentioned earlier is that the girls don't understand the drills that we were doing at training and how they then should be utilized in a game. So probably by the fourth quarter when the coach was like, guys, we did this at training. Why are you letting her run the ball? They were like, oh, that's what we were doing. So I think a lot of that's been happening to our defense. And honestly, our defense is getting better and better each game. Um, and I really think that hopefully the next time we versus the Broncos, it's not quite as big of a, a loss or maybe even a win. 
Yeah, well, um, and and that's what I was saying about that. It's 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 a tricky one. So it's great that he was able to point that out. Now able to make that connection. And um, one mm. thing I did notice about the defense um, is that a lot of the times um, they did get it themselves into quite a good position, um, and just um, so which it, which is really half the battle and the harder half I find um, and obviously the execution of the tackle is the other half or um, keeping that leverage and things like that so um, I feel like there's um, there's some good stuff to work off from them for your for your defensive team and I think it's really a good sign for a team um, if they are being you know against a, a team that's dominating them by the fourth quarter they're still putting in um, they're still turning up, they're still making plays and actually turning the momentum of a game. That is the kind of foundation stuff that you you can leverage and work off, I think. So I think that's very positive. Well, that's the intangibles though, isn't it? You know, it, it's that drive to want to keep going, you know, and there are so many teams that, you know, especially would be in a, in a situation that you guys were in during that game where you just go, you know what, I'm done with this, but it really takes, it takes a lot of grit and, and you can't teach that. I, I don't care who you are. You can't teach that. All right. Um, we're going to cut out in five minutes. So I'm going to send through another meeting link. Give me two seconds. We will be right back. All right, guys, uh, let's get some predictions for the saints. I personally think, um, but currently there's a little bit of a gap between the number one and the number four. Um, but at this stage, like I've said, you know, playoffs are a completely different beast and literally anything can happen. So Beck, get me a, let's get a prediction for the Saints. You know what? I feel like hearing about their teams and the things that they're working on and the fact that they're getting better throughout the season. I think they'll still probably finish fourth. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, guys, but that's still a playoff picture. But I think you'll finish fourth and then hopefully I think you'll compete a lot better to win that semi-final game. Yeah, Christy, where do you see these guys finishing up this season? Well, I, yeah, I agree with Beck. I, I, from what I've heard, I think there's some really positive things here. And I, like I said, I like the grit at the end of a game where you know you can't win, but there, uh, but things are falling into place and everything. So um, I'm going to go one better and say you get through. Yes. Ooh, the upset. Okay. Yeah. I'm and I love the underdog man. Right. So and that, look, that, the quarterback, that, she's positive. That that flows with the theme, you know. Here at Mojo Sports, we love the underdog. Um, so it's really great that Christy's taken that one. I'm saying playoff bound. Um, again, but I think it's gonna be a really hard road to get to the West Bowl. Um, but again, playoff football, anything is is possible. I've been there, I've done it. So keep grinding you guys all right i'm gonna go for two and i'm gonna roll this straight into our rapid fire segment you guys and we're gonna talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things what you need to know tonight your apologies to matt damon we ran out of time for him tonight we'll get him on the air again soon oh my boss is singing closing time maybe that's what you're doing all right guys it's super exciting that we have just you know, heard that uh, that Australia was going to be attending the 2022 World Cup in Finland. I honestly didn't think that this would happen. And I guess to echo coach Kevin Wilson's words, this campaign isn't necessarily about winning. It's about sparking the fire in the girls to come back, to develop as a player, develop as a coach, and help progress the game in the country. So tonight, our rapid fire question is, 
who do you think could be the first Aussie female head coach for the Outback? In 2017, we had the amazing Jen Welter as our head coach, but since then there have been women making moves and developing their skills. And I think it's entirely possible that we get a female HC by the 2026 World Cup. So I'm going to kick this one off and say that Lon Tullock from Queensland is my favourite going into this. Having had experience in the Women's World Camp uh, over in the US, coming back, coaching the juniors and the women's, and as a player, she's represented for years. She knows her stuff and she's stepped into the HC position with her new team in the Gridiron Queensland, the Mustangs, and even got herself some Ws this season. So she's, she's where I'm going for this one. Beck, who have you got for the next female Outback head coach? You know what? I really like the sounds of this coach. I, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't know a lot about her, but she sounds freaking amazing. Um, and I personally have been lucky enough to only ever been coached by female head coaches. Like my first team that I played for at UTS, Tiffany Bosco was a female coach. I was with that team for about five years, I think. And then I had a season off and then I went over to Sydney Lions with Stace and her partner KG is the head coach over there. So I think any female coach that we can get from Australia and there's more and more of them stepping up would be amazing for our back team. Christy, I know that there's some key women in coaching roles up in Queensland, but uh, who's on your radar? Who could take on this role? Look, I can't answer this question without doing a bit of a bias flex and um, promote some of the women. So you've obviously got, got Lon Tollick, who stepped into a men's head coach position, which is uh, fantastic. Um, Rachel Dutrabrand, who um, had a very successful 2018 Sun Devils um, as OC, as um, offensive coordinator. Um, and also the quiet achiever. She just gets away and gets in there. Megan Wills. She's say, actually been a defense- Megan Wills, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. She's been the men's defensive line coach for a number of seasons is currently with the Bears so we do have a plethora but you know me I don't like to be too biased about Queensland um so I'm actually going to I've been because we've been watching the WA stuff um I'm being very impressed by the doing it all Kelly Hopkins um but I am a little bit biased because she actually used to play with me because she was in Queensland so I'm not totally unbiased by something but yeah Kelly Hopkins (laughs) you just somehow find a way to bring everything back to that maroon don't you come on come on uh mara sally who you guys got you jumping on the kelly hopkins bandwagon or we jumping into yeah no we're gonna jump on the kelly hopkins bandwagon i think um to be honest kelly's the reason why the gridiron league is even in wa so if she wanted to get something done she will get it done so i think if she wanted it she would work for it and get it. But yeah, she's just super determined and obviously loves the game. So I could see Kelly definitely taking on the role. Yeah, no, my thoughts exactly. Oh, I was, <laughs> was going to say that. <laughs> I mean, I think personally, I think that it's pretty cool that we just like rattled off at least five or six coaches that could potentially either if not take on that HC role or at least be a part of the coaching staff. And, and that's actually really exciting, um, especially right now. So, so yeah, there you have it, you guys. Uh, coaching, Lon Tullick, Rachel Dutraband, Megan Wills and Kelly Hopkins, Kate Gardner. Let's come in. Let, let, let's push it. Let's push it out there. And I think that we could get this happening. All right, guys, we hope with this podcast that we can spread the word about our game and especially the World uh, the World Cup coming up next year. I want you guys to stay tuned for some special episodes 
And if you're interested in sponsoring the team or the women that will be representing our country, please get in touch with us here at the show and we can make sure that the talent that we have in Australia is truly represented on the international stage and not be hampered due to financial difficulties. And as always, thank you to my amazing panel and guests, Mara and Sally. Please share this episode with family and friends. And as always, hit that download button. Thanks for coming on the show, you guys, Sally and Mara. Thanks for having us. It was fun. Thanks. Pleasure. All right, guys. You guys have a great week, and we will be back next Wednesday. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.